the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. In Revelation chapter 14, we see the Antichrist is going to lose and Jesus Christ will win. And here we see Jesus Christ and we see the heart of God. When man is at his most rebellious, God offers him salvation. And God tells him the truth about the way he's heading before he judges him. And the only reason he judges man at this point is because man has rejected the gospel and rejected the truth. Do you feel like who you are and what you've done is too shameful to come to God? In today's message from Pastor Dan, he explains to you that the opposite couldn't be more true. Understand this. God loves sinners. He loves you. His love for you does not sway depending upon your behavior or actions. God desires for you to receive Him as your personal Lord and Savior. Pastor Dan encourages you that nothing can separate you from God's love, so come into His loving embrace today. Now here's Pastor Dan in the book of Revelation chapter 14 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. Verse 9 again. He describes the, the wrath of God. If you receive the, if you worship the beast in his image, you receive his mark. He himself shall also drink of the wine of the wrath of God, which is poured out full strength in the cup of his indignation. He says here that you know the wrath of God, the cup of God's indignation will be poured out full strength. There'll be no mercy in his judgment. There'll be no mercy in his judgment. He's not going to water it down. He's not going to cut it short. There's going to be no mercy in his judgment for those people. Now, the Bible says to us that it is appointed unto man once to die, and then comes the judgment. The Bible also tells us that that God offers us mercy from his judgment through faith in Jesus Christ. And when Jesus was on the cross, he took the wrath of God for us. He drank that cup of indignation for us as a substitute in our place for us. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21, it says, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin, to become sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus Christ took the punishment. He took the wrath of God for our sin when he was on the cross. You remember when he was on the cross, he he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? It's the only time that Jesus addressed God as God and not Father. And Jesus is cut off at that point. It's at that moment when Jesus cried out those words, it's at that moment that the wrath of God is poured out upon him 
for our sin, for what you did and what I did, wrong. And Jesus took that punishment for us when he was on the cross. So, so God offers us mercy through Jesus Christ. But for those who reject Jesus Christ, those who refuse to repent of their sins and put their faith in Jesus Christ, they are rejecting God's mercy and they will receive the full strength of God's wrath and God's judgment. Listen, that's the truth. That's just the truth. If if you reject Jesus Christ and his offer of salvation and you refuse to repent of your sins and change your mind about who you are and the way that you're living and your lifestyle and put your faith in him, you're rejecting God's mercy. And you will experience the full strength of his judgment and his wrath. That's the truth. And listen, listen, you're not going to experience his wrath because You rejected Jesus. That's not what condemns you. The Bible says we're condemned already. All of us are guilty before God. All of us have sinned. All of us have fallen short. There's none righteous. No, not one. See, we're we're all dead in our trespasses and sins. I've said it before. If, If we were in a Western movie, we'd all have black hats on. We're all bad guys. See, so so we're all condemned already, the Bible says. But what God does, because God loves us, he offers us a way out, a way out of that condemnation. He offers us a rescue. He offers us salvation through Jesus Christ. And if we reject that, well, now we've we've rejected his only offer. And we're already condemned. So it's, it's not rejecting Jesus that condemns you. Don't make that mistake of thinking, you know, well, what? If I reject Jesus, now I have to go to hell. No, you're already bound for hell. Jesus is offering you a way out of that. And so if you reject that, you're rejecting the only way out. And that's the truth. Now look at verse 11. Verse 11 tells us that God's punishment of the wicked is eternal. It's eternal. Their torment is forever and ever. God's judgment, God's wrath, God's punishment is not momentary. It's not temporary. God's punishment is eternal. It's eternal. That's the truth. Don't let anyone tell you there's no hell. Don't let anyone tell you there's no punishment after you die. That there's no judgment. Don't let anyone tell you that the judgment of God is only temporary for those who reject Him. The Bible teaches it's eternal. That it lasts forever and it is constant. It's without interruption. It says they have no rest from God's wrath day or night. There's no break from it. In Mark chapter 9, verse 48, Jesus described hell as a place where the maggots never die and the fire never goes out. It's eternal. It's eternal punishment. Verse 12 says, here is the patience, the perseverance of the saints. Here are those who keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. Those who go through the tribulation and experience the persecution and the suffering that they're going to experience during the the tribulation period. Uh, the, The comfort to them, the encouragement to them is that one day God will judge the wicked and God will establish his kingdom on the earth and and, and that there's, there's an end to it. And that's the patience of the saints. Then verse 13, then I heard a voice from heaven saying to me, right, blessed are the dead who die in the Lord from now on. 
Yes, says the Spirit. So this is the Holy Spirit speaking. That they may rest from their labors and their works follow them. Those who die during the tribulation, those Christians who die during the tribulation because of their faith in Jesus Christ, there's a blessing for them. And it tells us they will rest from their labors and they will receive rewards for their works for Christ on the earth. That's true for every believer who dies. To rest from their labor and reward awaits them for their work for Christ on the earth. And so I want you to see here, you just see the, the mercy of God. You see the love of God for man. God declares the gospel to the world. Then he declares the truth to the world about what they are trusting in. Instead of Jesus Christ, Babylon's going to fall. Those who worship the Antichrist will be judged. And then, after that, comes judgment. He's declared the gospel to them. He's told them the way to be saved. He's told them if they continue on the path that they're on, they're going to be judged. And so, if they reject the gospel, if they don't repent, the only thing left is judgment. And... The fact that they still reject Jesus Christ after hearing the gospel, I mean, an angel in the sky, I mean, God's really going to some extreme lengths to make sure they know the way out. And if they they still reject Jesus Christ after hearing the gospel, and after knowing that the path that they're on will lead to the wrath of God and the judgment of God, and they still reject that, that, that just shows the depravity of man's heart. It's not because they didn't know the truth. They know the truth. It's not because they didn't know the path they were on would lead to judgment. They know that. So if they're still choosing to stay on that path, it's only because of the wickedness of their own heart. Turn, turn with me over to John's Gospel. John's Gospel, chapter 3. John chapter 3. This, these are verses that you're familiar with. Verse 16 For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. That's the gospel. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. He who believes in him is not condemned, but he who does not believe is condemned already. You're already condemned. Because he has not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is the condemnation. That the light has come into the world. And look what it says. And men love darkness rather than light. Because their deeds were evil. For everyone practicing evil hates the light. And does not come to the light. Lest his deeds should be exposed. It tells us here in John chapter 3 verse 19 that the reason that people reject the light, the reason they reject Jesus Christ, is because they love the darkness. They love their sin. They love the way that they're living. They don't want to repent of it. They don't want to change. They don't want to turn from it. And and during the tribulation period, man, the gospel is going to be clearly, clearly proclaimed on the earth. The truth about God's judgment will be clearly proclaimed proclaimed upon the earth, and yet people will still refuse to repent and trust Christ and be saved. So the only thing left now is judgment. Now go back to chapter 14 of Revelation. And I think we can agree that at this point, God has done everything he can do 
for people to be saved. And he's got angels flying in the sky declaring the message. Now look at verse 14. Then I looked, so here comes the judgment. And behold, a white cloud, and on the cloud sat one, like the Son of Man, having on his head a golden crown, and this is a victor's crown, and in his hand a sharp sickle. And another angel came out of the temple, this is probably the temple in heaven, crying with a loud voice to him who sat on the cloud, thrust in your sickle and reap, for the time has come for you to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. So he who sat on the cloud thrust in his sickle on the earth, and the earth was reaped. Pastor Dan will share the second half of today's message in just a moment. But first, he'd like to take a moment to tell you how you can receive prayer for your needs. Do you need prayer today? Every week we receive prayer requests from our listeners. If you need prayer for anything at all, we would like to pray for you right now. You can share your prayer request with us through our website, calvaryec.com. Again, that's calvaryec.com or through our church app or by calling us at 410-491-4592. And can I ask you to pray for us as well? Pray for the Ring of Truth radio ministry as we bring the Word of God to those who need it. Thanks, Pastor Dan, and thank you for praying. Now, let's finish today's message. Now, this image of the Son of Man sitting on a cloud, it comes right out of Daniel chapter 7. If you're taking notes, you don't have to turn there. But Daniel chapter 7, verses 13 and 14. I was watching in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. So there's the same image. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that all peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. And his dominion is an everlasting dominion which shall not pass away and his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. And so you have this one. It's it's describing Jesus Christ, no doubt. And he's the one, like the Son of Man, coming with the clouds. And in Daniel's account, he's given all the kingdoms of the earth are given to him and put under his dominion. So this, this title, Son of Man, that's a messianic title. It's describing Jesus Christ returning in his glory with the clouds. Uh, if you turn to Matthew 24... In your Bible, Uh, we see this in the Gospels in a couple places. Matthew 24, verse 30. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven, and then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. So here we see that same imagery. The Son of Man, Jesus Christ, coming on the clouds to the earth with power and great glory to destroy the Antichrist and his followers, to judge them, and to establish his kingdom on the earth. If you look over in Matthew chapter 26, just turn a page or two in your Bible, verse 64. This is when uh, Jesus was on trial uh, before the religious leaders. And actually in verse 63, as he's being questioned by the religious leaders, it says in verse 63, but Jesus kept silent And the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, it is as you said. 
Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter you will see the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of the power and coming on the clouds of heaven. And then the high priest tore his clothes, which he wasn't supposed to do, saying, He has spoken blasphemy. What further need do we have of a witness? Look, now you have heard him. His, you've heard his blasphemy. And so here Jesus describes himself as the Son of Man coming on the clouds of, of heaven. It's a description of Jesus. Back in Revelation 14, you see here Jesus Christ harvesting the earth here, uh, symbolically thrusting in his sharp sickle into the earth and, and reaping a harvest from the earth. And this this first harvest that's described in verses 14 to 16, this is the harvest of believers on the earth. Harvest of believers on the earth. If you're, uh, if you're a, a Bible geek like me, uh, in verse 15, that word ripe at the end of the verse, you know, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. It's, it's a different word in the Greek from the word that is used uh, down in verse 18, the this, this second harvest. In verse 18, um, thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. That's a different word that's translated ripe there. In the first harvest, verses 14 to 16, that word ripe, it literally means dry. The harvest is dry. It's referring to the harvest of wheat. Remember, there are many passages and parables where Jesus talks about separating the wheat from the tares or separating the wheat from the chaff and bringing the wheat into the storehouse. That's that's referring to the harvest of believers from the earth, the wheat. Down in the second harvest, it's a harvest of grapes when it talks about uh, it's, it's fully ripe in verse 18. It means they're at the peak of ripeness. They're, they're at their juiciest is, is the idea there. And so you, you have two different harvests here. The first one, verses 14 to 16, that's a harvest of believers. The second one, verses 17 to 20, that's a harvest of the wicked. Uh, th- this, is, this is the judgment of the wicked. Look at verse 17. Then another angel came out of the temple, which is in heaven. He also having a sharp sickle. And another angel came out from the altar who had power over fire. And he cried with a loud voice to him who had the sharp sickle, saying, Thrust in your sharp sickle and gather the clusters of the vine of the earth, for her grapes are fully ripe. And so the angel thrust his sickle into the earth and gathered the vine of the earth and threw it into the great winepress of the wrath of God. So this is God's judgment. And the winepress was trampled outside the city of Jerusalem and blood came out of the winepress up to the horse's bridles for 1,600 furlongs. And so this is describing the battle of Armageddon that will be described in greater detail for us later on in the book of Revelation. So I'll only make a few comments about it here. The battle of Armageddon is actually a campaign of battles. It's a series of battles. It's not just one battle. It's several battles that will take place at the end of the tribulation period. uh, We see that it takes place in a place called Basra, which is in Edom. 
modern-day Jordan. Uh, We see that it takes place outside of the city of Jerusalem, and we see that it takes place uh, near the city of Megiddo in the Jezreel Valley. Uh, That's actually where we get the name Armageddon. Armageddon means the hill of Megiddo. And there in the Jezreel Valley, uh, just next to the city of Megiddo and the ruins of Megiddo, part of the battle of Armageddon will take place there. If you're taking notes, you can jot down Isaiah 63, verses 1 to 4, uh, Joel chapter 3, verses 12 to 14, and then also Revelation chapter 16, verse 16, says that they will gather together at a place called Armageddon, the hill of Megiddo. And what the Bible tells us is that all the forces of the Antichrist will invade Israel in an attempt to destroy Jerusalem, in an attempt to destroy the people of God. Verse 20 tells us they're outside the city of Jerusalem, and it's this invasion that prompts Jesus Christ to return to destroy the Antichrist and his army. This is the thing that's going to happen in Revelation chapter 19 when we get there. In verse 20, it tells us that the blood from this battle will result with blood up to the horse's bridles for about 180 to 200 miles. So the blood from this battle will be about four feet deep for an area of about 200 miles. Now, if you're a skeptic, you're sitting there saying, oh, come on, four feet deep? Well, 135 A.D., when the Romans uh, destroyed and crushed the final revolt of the Jews, uh, historical records, the Jerusalem Talmud, for example, talks about the Roman horses sinking up to their nostrils in the blood of the people that were killed of the cities of Israel. So the blood was up to the nostrils in that battle. Here it's up to the bridle with this battle for 200 miles. 200 miles is the distance, by the way, from Megiddo, from Armageddon, the Valley of Jezreel, down to Basra. It's, that's, that, that's the whole battlefield, as it's described in the Bible. Basra, Jerusalem, and Megiddo. It's about 200 miles. And so when, when all the armies of the world, we don't know how big that army is going to be, maybe hundreds of millions of soldiers gather against God's people to try to destroy God's people. Revelation 19, Jesus Christ is going to come back. And it's not going to be much of a battle at all. Uh, Jesus, with just a word, is going to destroy them all. That's it. Battle's over. <laughs> you know, even before we get the cameras rolling, it's already over. But the blood will be for 200 miles, four feet deep. Now, Revelation 14 is the perfect answer to Revelation chapter 13. Revelation 13, it looks like the Antichrist is going to win. But in Revelation chapter 14, we see the Antichrist is going to lose, and Jesus Christ will win. And here we see Jesus Christ, and we see the heart of God. When man is at his most rebellious, God offers him salvation. And God tells him the truth about the way he's heading before he judges him. And the only reason he judges man at this point is because man has rejected the gospel and rejected the truth. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring 
You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Currently, Pastor Dan is teaching through the book of Revelation, chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Many questions might arise as you listen to these messages about the end times. If you're wondering about something you heard today, would you give us a call? Our number is 410-491-4592. We'd be happy to talk with you about anything you heard today or to hear about how these messages are impacting your life. We'd also love to know about any prayer requests you might have. Once again, that number is 410-491-4592. Would you be willing to pray for the ministry of Ring of Truth? So many listeners may be hearing life-changing news that they might not hear anywhere else. This is a tremendous opportunity to reach people who are lost and without a Savior. We value your prayers for these important messages that are going out. Pray that lives would be changed and that God's kingdom would greatly multiply because of the truth of His Word. Thanks so much for listening today. If you'd like to hear more messages like this one, we encourage you to go to calvaryec.com. Next time, Pastor Dan will continue on this peculiar book of the Bible. Revelation is one of the many that are curious about but find it hard to understand. We trust that God's giving you some clarity by listening to Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and what I know because I know His voice and it only takes General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.